Welcome, everybody, to the show of requirement, a Harry Potter podcast, a podcast exclusively on everything. Trick everything. It's been so long since I hosted. I may have only almost said Spotify, but I didn't. We're, ho- we're on everything. Yeah, and I almost said everything. <laughs> I just Actually, say, wait, no, I did. Yeah. We have a very special topic today. That's a writing room mm. episode. This is kind of this is Spencer's baby. So if you're wondering why it's been so long since I've hosted, I've just been cracking out this uh, <laughs> the whole time. So this is the writing room. What if Harry Potter was in Slytherin, the Hermione Granger series? Mm. And yes, that is a very long title. But before <laughs> that, we are going to take exactly five minutes or less to talk about the Hogwarts legacy stuff because there is a gameplay thing. Yeah. Yeah. What Abby, what do you think? I'm excited for it. I I'm not I'm not getting too caught up in anything. I'm just excited to try it out. The graphics look a little bit not great. They're not as like developed or crisp, I guess. Up to date, I guess. They're not as like modern as I expected it to be. You know, I was expecting like maybe like Battlefront type, you know, or like Assassin's Creed type animation, and I feel like that's just not what we're getting. But that's okay. Yeah, I'm like, how long have they been even working on this game? But who knows? No one cares. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited for this fur. Wow, I'm just really excited for a Harry Potter like video games open world in general. So I'm trying not to get too caught up in the exactly the little things. So David. Well, you know, it's not it's not as good as the graphics as Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix. Um, so it, it is what it is. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there's just this really funny, funny video of Dolores Umbridge, like <laughs> slapping the crap out of Harry. And it's like the most hilarious thing in this game. Uh, but I am excited for it. I think it'll be really cool. I'm interested in what you'll be able to do and. And the fact that you get to create your own character uh, and so everything else. Yeah, you get to choose your house. I I think that's a really cool idea. And then you get to progress not just at Hogwarts, but outside of Hogwarts. I think that's a really, really cool idea. And I'm excited for that. Will it be better than uh, Hogwarts mystery? I, you know, (laughs) we'll we'll see. Yes. Y'all are killing But me. I am excited for it. <laughs> when when inevitably when we do a Hogwarts murder mystery game, and that's not what it's called. It's Hogwarts mystery. It's... <laughs> I I don't think I'll be there for it. <laughs> it's just the Harry Potter game. I have no it's the Harry Potter thing I just have no interest in. So Spencer and I will do like a Bunty episode where David's gone. And then Bunty. David and I will do a character study Bunty mystery no episode. Bunty. I'm gonna say <laughs> that in every Spencer episode from here on for. out. No one likes Bunty except for Spencer and Abby. <laughs> anyway, we're almost out of my five minutes, but I'm excited. Cool. Already? I, what? Already? Uh, oh, we started. No, we no, we're good. We still got a minute. It took us two. a whole minute to figure out the clap. So <laughs> that's true. It did. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for the gameplay. I'm a little Same. bit weary of the story. I don't know if the story will be good, but yeah. that doesn't always matter. <laughs> if the, the gameplay is really and great, the experience. Yeah, the experience. Are you guys going to choose your houses? Yes. Yeah, for sure. 
follow-up question, are you going to, like, immediately play it again with a different house? Because I might. <laughs> and not maybe. maybe not the whole game, but I just want to, like, I might start over the game, go into another house, start over the game, go into another well, house. Well, you know, it, it, it would be really interesting if you could actually make multiple characters and just, you know, save it. Um, under different like files and stuff like that. You could that. probably do multiple if that's campaigns. The case, yeah. I'm getting like Wizard 101 case, I, flashbacks. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Oh, Wizard 101 is a great game. Happy birthday, Wizard 101. <laughs> Happy birthday, um, Wizard It's been a hot, hot minute since I've played that game. But if you could create multiple characters, yeah, I think I definitely would try every house because who know, who knows how it might affect the story i don't think we know enough to to know whether that would even matter if if it would change it it probably wouldn't but i think it'd be really really cool to be able to um just see the different settings and what you could do and 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 really just be able to immerse yourselves in each of the houses i think would be a really cool idea i really hope that the houses are in the correct places at Lego Harry Potter, <laughs> where Slytherin <laughs> was in the same hallway as Gryffindor Tower. <laughs> also, Hogwarts Mystery also uh, did the Hufflepuff same thing. and Slytherin were in the mm-hmm. were in the same level. The, so. but, yeah, but they kind of are on the same level. Maybe Slytherin's farther deep because it's under the Maybe. lake. But they're both in the the basement, quote unquote. Fair. Yeah. Well, I guess Hufflepuff's in the basement, Slytherin's in the dungeons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Ravenclaw and Gryffindor have towers but they're on completely different sides I think that makes sense in my head sure anyway super excited it's going to be fun it's coming out holiday quote unquote 2022 which means <laughs> could come out December 31st 2022 but <laughs> I'm going to I want to get it it All is my it. main Christmas list wish item yes So mm. anyway so th- this is if you listen to the Marauder series, this is my next this is my next Marauders. So prepare yourselves. Basically, the writing idea today's episode is that Harry Potter goes to Slytherin and in the lack of a new hero character, Hermione Granger becomes the protagonist. Uh, many, if not all of the titles for each book are going to remain the same, except possibly Half-Blood Prince. Uh, this allows for a lot of different things, a lot of different character development, uh, not more character development because we don't have that much time. But by taking the limelight off of Harry um, and Harry Potter being different, we can get a whole new version of Draco, somewhat different Ronald Weasley, uh, slightly different Hermione Granger, um, and some new characters, some new friends that were maybe in the original series, but they're not interacting with our main characters. I just want to lay it out ahead of time. I'm trying to be as true to the characters as possible. But the character that must change is Harry Potter. You guys might want weigh in here, but I feel like the real Harry Potter would always go to Gryffindor. Yeah, I I agree. Um, You kind of have to build off of a premise that this is a Harry Potter that would go to Slytherin. Mm. At least would choose yeah, Slytherin. Which, right. Which would be interesting. And I, I again, we haven't, uh, Abby and I have not seen anything about what, what is about to happen. Yes. So I guess they are going in here, as blind here, as you are, listener. Yeah. So <laughs> what I'm thinking 
and I could be wrong because we're about to read it. I would think that for an for Harry to end up in Slytherin, his beginning would have to be different somewhat than what we saw in the originals. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's really it's really interesting. I'm excited about. I remember when Spencer first talked about this as an idea. I was just like months I ago. I don't know. Like it might have been a year ago. It was actually. almost it was I last summer. I think it was when I pitched yeah. it. Yeah. And and so I was just like, man, I don't I don't even know how this is going to go uh, or if I'm going to buy into it. And then I was telling Alicia to, to uh today, I was just like, this is what this is what's going to happen. And she's just like I don't know, David. Uh, happy birthday, Alicia. Also, I love you. Um, but so, so I'm, but I'm ready. I'm, I'm totally ready for this. Abby, any any thoughts going into this? I'm pretty much just dittoing everything David said. So, David, <laughs> I'm excited to see David and Abby have graciously because I didn't want this to be like last time where I was just having to spew a whole story. So, David and Abby have graciously accepted the jobs of voice acting certain characters in the story. Uh, Don't worry, Abby. Hermione does not speak that much. (laughs) And you're just Hermione, I think. David has some has some more characters, but uh, I will be narrating (laughs) and doing some I'm doing some voices as well. Uh, So (laughs) on this outline that none of the listeners can see, but I have to say this because otherwise you guys won't know what's going on. Abby, you are blue. If it's like blue highlighted text, that's you. Cool. David, you are green. Okay. Mostly because you're voicing Harry Potter, and then I worked my way out from there. And then I'm voicing everything in red, and then obviously I'm narrating. Yeah. Well, I apologize because I'm probably going to butcher a lot of these voices, but... Uh, these are all voices so, that you know. I really <laughs> yeah. don't want to offend the United Kingdom as a whole Hermione, I mean, trying to fake Abby, a British accent. Abby, so. just do your voice. You can just cool. do your voice. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, I didn't, okay, know, I didn't I, know how how like fully committed we're going to this. <laughs> no, you, David, and I I'm might totally go all the way in. You. I'm so ready. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Uh, I figure we'll pause after each book to discuss. Uh, outbursts are always welcome, but otherwise, we're just going to keep chugging along. Cool. cool. Awesome. All right, so it's time for Hermione Granger and the Sorcerer's Stone, or the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> what? Goosebumps! Oh my god! <laughs> <Same>. Goosebumps. <laughs> Hermione Granger had a beautiful childhood with loving parents who loved to travel and explore with her. They encouraged their daughter to learn as much as she could, and like her parents, Hermione became an avid reader the second she picked she could pick up a book. Uh, like any other wizard children, Hermione had to have her quill, aka the time when a wizard child first displays magic. So it could be Harry letting the snake out, Neville falling out of a window... Literally, I looked it up, and this is a side note. A magic quill in the ministry, like, sprouts on its own and writes this name. Like, writes the name of the witch or wizard in a book. Didn't read too much into it. But, cool. I think a lot of kids have a lot of different little magic things, but I think Hermione, growing up in such a safe, ordinary home, would have, like, one notable incident tops. To pitch one, she loves skiing. So I was thinking eight-year-old Hermione was skiing with her parents. Some crazy thing happened. She falls off the ski lift or something. Uh, but she, like, before she realizes what happened, she was, like, safely on the hill 
on her two skis again and was unable to explain what happened. Traditionally, a representative from Hogwarts visits the Muggleborn families to explain what the Wizarding World is. We know this from young Snape and Lily in Deathly Hallows in a flashback. The reason I reckon Harry did not receive a school staff immediately was almost surely because Dumbledore left a letter with him and Petunia being Lily's sister already knows what the Wizarding World is, uh, but Dursleys be Dursleys. And so Hagrid had to go get Harry. Or Hagrid, if we're talking to David. <laughs> it's Hagrid. <laughs> I know. I just say it weird, I guess. I'm sorry, Potter fans. Hagrid. 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 All right. So <laughs> with Hermione's professor, there's a lot of debate on the internet. Um, no firm truths. A lot of people are saying it had to be McGonagall. Since it's unconfirmed, I would rather it be Flitwick. Uh, just because Hermione seems like a Ravenclaw, but then she ends up going to Gryffindor. So I thought that'd be interesting. Anyway, to kind of build the exposition we're missing from Harry's perspective, Hermione jumps into her books and that fills in details about the Wizarding World. So she picks up, reads all the way through Modern Magical History, The Rise and Fall of the Dark Arts, and The Great Wizarding Events of the 20th Century, all of which mention one Harry Potter or The Boy Who Lived. She finishes all her books multiple times over, practices spells with a pencil as she'd never break a rule, and eagerly anticipates her new school adventures. Hermione reaches platform nine and three quarters, introduces herself to Ron and the boy she read about on the train, Harry Potter, although she did find him a bit more arrogant than she anticipated. A Slytherin Harry Potter sketch coming later on. They ride the boats, climb the stairs, reach the room before sorting. Hermione finds Ron alone. Harry in some cohorts with some brutes surrounding an arrogant blonde boy who she had met on the train. Hermione approached Ron, who filled in the gaps of what happened. After Hermione left, Harry was greeted by Draco Malfoy, who offered him glory at Hogwarts. Harry didn't hesitate to take it. While Hermione didn't think all that much of Ron, she couldn't believe the way Harry disrespected the first person he met just like that. She would never do that to Neville who had lost his toad on the train. She would never hurt his pride, uh, but she noticed Ron was rubbing his eyes with his sleeve as McGonagall entered the room. At least he got the dirt off his nose. <laughs> Hermione immediately recognizes that McGonagall is a figure who demands respect, a great professor to learn from. Sidebar to describe this Harry Potter. This Harry Potter is basically if he took after James much more than Lily. He's basically like a carbon copy of James in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So he grew up resenting the Dursleys very much. Uh, like the Harry we know, he dreamed of bigger things, wanted to know more of his parents' story. Um, Hagrid rescues Harry in much the same way. But Harry's personality is a bit different. He takes in fame with more stride, soaks in more attention, um, but he's not too much of a jerk either. So he sits with Ron, but then like he takes Draco's offer and then Draco kind of teaches him to disregard Hagrid, the Weasleys, even Dumbledore to a degree. Harry can be a bully, but not to the point of hurting his reputation, if that makes sense. And you'll notice he'll start to take a little bit of Lily mature like James over time. 
All right, back to the sorting ceremony. Same song, etc. Hermione thought about where she would be sorted as she heard Abbott, Hannah, and Bulstrode, Millicent. She would be honored to be in Ravenclaw as she felt great admiration for Flitwick, but she wanted to be in Gryffindor, which she thought had to be the best based on what she heard. Her thoughts fleeted to Lon and how she wished to avenge him. <laughs> Very out of character, but she almost wished she could like do something to Harry. Uh, not that she would ever get in danger or get killed or worse, expelled. But these emotions prompted the sorting hat and he lands on Gryffindor. <laughs> Later on, Harry Potter takes the stage and in a surprise to everyone, the hat calls Slytherin. Ron Weasley, despite his current sadness, not to mention he was green from nerves, was put into Gryffindor. Hermione had a wonderful first few days. She loved her classes. Many of her professors, although her classmates had lesser opinions of some of them, uh, in the beautiful grounds of Hogwarts. She befriends a girl in their year named Leanne from Hufflepuff. The talk of the week was totally filled up with Harry Potter being sorted into Slytherin. Uh, apparently, his family had almost been entirely Gryffindor alumni, so it didn't really make sense for the sudden change. But Harry was very popular. There was almost a palpable pride in the air for Slytherin getting Potter. What they were not sure about was how he was doing in the Slytherin house, under head of house, Professor Snape. First potions class. Ron had told Hermione at lunch, Double potions with the Slytherins. Snipes head of Slytherin house. They say he always favors them. We'll be able to see if it's true. Snape started by taking register. Surprisingly, Snape began to mock Potter when he arrived at his name by stating, Ah yes, Mr. Potter, our new celebrity. Harry's fan club of Crab, Goyle, and Malfoy seemed confused. Why take stabs at his own house student? In the opening chambers, Ron and Hermione overhear Hagrid trying to talk to Harry, inviting him over to tea. But Harry was mean to Hagrid, shoving him off and saying he doesn't want to interact with him because he's an outcast. Hagrid, being the sensitive guy he is, trudges off crying. Hermione and Ron, who always found him to be kind, followed him out. Hagrid ends up taking Hermione and Ron for tea instead, and the rest is history. Harry and his crew made fun of Ron, Neville, and other Gryffindors constantly in the halls and classes. Uh, Ron was a little beaten down by it, but his spirits lifted as they saw a notice for broomstick flying lessons. Hermione felt skiing in the Alps would be far more comfortable, but she went anyway for the novelty. Neville drops his remembral. Harry snatched it up. Draco joining in on the teasing. Ron stood up to them. Give it back to him, Potter. Harry and Draco looked at each other and both took off into the air. Come and get it, Weasley. Harry called. Ron didn't hesitate against Hermione's calls of judgment. They threw the remembral between them. Ron managed to intercept Draco's throw, but he dropped it. Harry nosedives to catch it to the cheers and awes of the Slytherins. McGonagall notices the scene, but instead of intervening right then, she dutifully, despite her competitive temptations not to, told Professor Snape about this advantageous opportunity for the Slytherin Quidditch team. So like I said before, Draco builds into Harry some resentment towards the other houses, uh, but he's he kind of runs a room. Like his humor kind of, in a James sort of way, 
when he makes a joke at Ron's expense or something, like everyone laughs, like he can run a room pretty quickly on. Harry and Draco are friends, but not in the way you think. Harry quickly starts to outgrow Draco's shadow, openly ridiculing Draco in front of many. He outshines Draco getting on the Slytherin Quidditch team instead of him and, and everything else. Draco almost becomes the crab slash Goyle to Harry. And this first book is the beginning of the decline in their short, flimsy friendship. We have a scene in the library where Hermione, Ron, and Leanne overhear Harry and Draco poring over a pile of books. Ron points this out as being odd as he's never seen them reading for fun. And they confront them. Draco says, None of your business, Granger. But when Ron threatens to make a scene for Madame Pins, they concede and reveal Harry's story of Hagrid picking up a parcel at Gringotts and the chocolate frog card that Harry got on the train in Ron's compartment. This begins this, the same investigation as the original Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, as they continue to talk about it, discreetly, of course, Slytherins and Gryffindors working together? Come on. Hermione and Ron keep the same chorus of Snape doing it, but Harry and Draco obviously dispute that. We have a scene or montage of Hermione, Dean, and Seamus trying to help Ron get better at Quidditch on one of the school Comet 260s, encouraging Ron to live up to his brother Charlie's legacy, then show Draco and Harry who's boss. In the second semester, Wood falls from his broom in practice before a critical match, and Ron steps in as keeper and wins against Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw, doesn't matter, so Gryffindor can still win the House Cup at the end of the year. KD plays Seeker. It's time for the end of the Sorcerer's Stone. Dumbledore leaves the same way as the original book. Harry and Draco end up reaching the door at the same time as Hermione and Ron. Hermione and Ron still convinced it's Snape. Draco and Harry insisting it's Quirrell. Filling in connections they made about Quirrell being mysterious. They run through the steps largely the same way. Devil's Snare is the same as the books. Ron and Harry get the key. Ron and Draco reluctantly work together to run the board in chess. And Draco takes Ron to the hospital wing. Harry attempts to double-cross Hermione in the potions room, or at least tries to, uh, and Hermione breaks through Snape's trick by identifying and remixing the potions through logic. I don't know. I couldn't come up with a good way around this situation. <laughs> Hermione manages to get the Sorcerer's Stone while Harry and Quirrell are fighting. Harry still has the burning touch protection, and Hermione saves Harry, reaching Dumbledore in the chess room. Dumbledore gives the last-minute points to Harry and Draco, uh, but also to Ron, Hermione, and Neville. This gives us an even playing field, but because Gryffindor wins the Quidditch Cup in this version, they win outright. Draco and Harry sneak Ron, a Nimbus 2000, because of his skills in the key room. And Draco and Harry are getting the 2001s anyway. And that concludes Hermione Granger and the Sorcerer's Stone. Thoughts? I'm trying to figure out where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating what i do it's so weird seeing harry in a totally different yes light mm -hmm. yeah but i can definitely see like obviously like in my brain i was imagining if harry was going to be in slytherin he'd probably be a bit more angsty yes and, like rude <laughs> yes so, like, yeah. i love how you were able to kind of keep the same i guess some of the same things in the story but mm -hmm. just done in different ways yeah so like with harry getting on the quidditch team you know ron is a part of that action but 
of course he's going to drop it because that's such a wrong thing to do. But it still gives mm-hmm. Harry an opportunity to show off his natural seeker skills. Uh, and I think that that's done very, very well. Another thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that Harry and Draco's friendship is not what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect like, that Because either. I thought it was... I thought it was going to be like a whole like team up, like they were on equal levels, equal playing fields. But of course, it's Harry Potter. Um, Yes. And there is a difference between the two. And so for the fact that Harry kind of, like you said, he kind of grows out of Draco's shadow is such a really cool thing um, that it really makes me excited because you said that this friendship is going to be short lived uh, and it's flimsy. And I'm really excited to see where it, mm-hmm. it takes off in the next book. So, Spencer, yes. A plus, my friend. Yeah. This is the kind of fan fiction that I'm totally into. <laughs> this is the good, like the good fan story, fiction. storytelling, faithful to the original books. This is this is a great story. But changing just the right details to where yes, it makes exactly. it realistic enough for like, yeah, yeah, that could, that for could sure. Happen. Yeah, I yeah. I really tried to stick with the idea that Harry was the only thing I was allowed to change character. Everyone yeah. else had to have similar motivations or react to Harry's change. Yeah. So the next two are a little shorter because of the sake of time, and Goblet of Fire and Sorcerer's Stone are the most different. So these mm-hmm. ones are pretty pretty quick. So they're going to be a little less detailed. But I wanted to dwell on the change things rather than what's the same. Right. All right, Hermione Granger and the Chamber of Secrets. Hermione is rather surprised to find a house elf in her bedroom. Not wanting to scare her very muggle parents, she tries to keep him quiet, but mm, the same thing happens. Dobby makes a big scene. Uh, He ensures Hermione that under no circumstances should she return to Hogwarts. (laughs) In this version, we do not get to see the burrow yet, so (laughs) it's kind of a sadder version of Chamber of Secrets. It's all good. They go to Hogwarts the normal way. Quickly, they realize Ron and Harry are still rivals. Harry, probably frustrated from having to stay with the Dursleys another entire summer, is riding high on his return fame and defying Voldemort again last year. The mysterious petrifications start occurring in the same way as before with Hermione asking, they learn about the Chamber of Secrets. Lockhart has the dueling club, and Snape sets Draco against Harry. Draco appears to not want to overturn his friend like that, but Harry goes on the offensive. Draco summons the snake again, Harry speaks to it in parcel tongue, and Harry appears to be the heir of Slytherin. Convinced, Hermione, Ron, and Leanne start piecing together ingredients for Polyjuice Potion to further investigate. The Slytherin house scene occurs in a similar way, with Hermione actually being Millicent Bolstrode, Ron being Crab, and Leanne drawing the short straw for Goyle. Harry reveals to the group nothing about being the heir of Slytherin, but enjoying the attention, he also starts to note about hearing voices in the walls. Draco is casual, but Hermione notes his complexion as being a bit paler and a more downcast than usual. Draco makes some investigative comments to Millicent, quote-unquote, where he doesn't reveal to Harry the truth, but Draco probably knows what's going on. Draco tries to speak with Hermione once or twice, but chickens out and makes a big excuse out of it. Hermione's confused by this, and Ron is, of course, jealous. The group still finds the diary in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom, and Hermione sees Tom's story, Tom Riddle's story. 
They confront Hagrid about it and go to Aragog, much to Ron's dismay, to clear Hagrid's name for themselves. In this version, Leanne saves the day, riding a Thestral. Ron and Hermione make the discovery together that it's a basilisk. Ron gets petrified. Hermione and Leanne en- enter the chamber by Leanne consoling Myrtle and Myrtle revealing the word Tom Riddle used in Parseltongue to open the door. Lockhart has to follow them the same as the book. He gets obliviated by using a wand after it breaks with the rubble of the cave-in. Hermione finds Draco possessed and losing life. Tom Riddle expresses his distaste in using a Slytherin child for his rise to power, but because he's Voldemort, he doesn't really care. Hermione fights the Basilisk in much the same way, sort of Gryffindor and all. At the end of the year, Draco approaches and thanks Granger on their way out of Hogwarts. In a letter, Draco writes to Hermione that he set Dobby free, much to his father's dismay, and that wraps Hermione Granger and the Chamber of Secrets. I did not expect Draco to be so sympathetic for me. Or, well, sympathetic, like me sympathizing with Draco a lot more in this than I expected. He's not the same Draco, though. No. Because of Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> David, Very any true. thoughts before Prisoner of Azkaban? Well, so what? what is Harry doing? through through all this is he just just kind of not he's like not in really terms in, of the ending i mean it's like draco he's not he really involved he wasn't really involved yeah mm-hmm. oh so he's kind of taking kind of almost draco's a, role he's kind of a backseat yeah in this one uh, okay he's not okay. always gonna right. be draco but in this one he's more okay. draco's role sounds good because of course you can't write prisoner of azkaban without harry potter being involved right mm. So I'm, I'm excited for this one. Okay, let's get this into is... it. Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, here we go. It's a fun twist because we experience much of the same storyline, but the entire serious Harry storyline is from an outside point of view. Hmm. Hermione has a great summer holiday, including a visit from Leanne. Leanne finds out that Hermione has been writing to Draco Malfoy the whole summer, as well as Ron, and exclaims that Ron would throw a fit as Ron and Draco aren't exactly friends. Leanne and Hermione's family receive daily profits and see on the Muggle news that Sirius Black is on the loose. Obviously, Sirius Black being on the Muggle news ominously shows the problem has escalated. Leanne and Hermione travel together to London, dropping Leanne with her family on the way, and Hermione meets up with the Weasleys in the Leaky Cauldron. Unlike the movie version, but like the book version, we get the whole scene of Hermione buying scrunched up face crew chinks. Much to dismay... <laughs> of Ron and Scabbers, the latter already looking worse for wear. Hermione and Ron see Harry and Blaze in Diagon Alley. They try to be friendly with Harry, asking him if he had a great holiday, in which Harry exclaims, Another boring three months with the bloody muggles. At least I blew up my aunt. And Blaze laughs. (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. That's not it at all. Blaze has this weird <laughs> not laugh was. in the Half Blood Prince movie where he's like, <coughs> "Oh, <laughs> it's okay." Sorry, you can edit. No, it's that. okay. No, I like David's all good. better. No, David's bet. David was much funnier, so we'll have this. We'll, we'll keep that one. Harry tries to be nonchalant about staying in the Leaky Cauldron for the last couple of weeks, but he won't divulge. He won't divulge any details why he's doing that. Hermione and Ron board the train with Leanne in the compartment of one Professor R.J. Lupin. 
Dementors board the train. Lupin battles them off with the Patronus. He hands out chocolate and leaves to have a word with the driver. Leanne and Ron reel from reactions of the Dementors and just how far they must be going to capture Sirius Black. We actually get to see the scene with McGonagall where Hermione receives her time turner and all the specific instructions that go along with it. We see a new oddity. Draco decides to sit with Ron and Hermione in charms. Draco tells them about the train, where Harry was almost being targeted by a Dementor and he passed out. Lupin's Patronus, although they didn't get a good view of what it was, went through the whole train and Lupin saved Harry. Harry, of course, was very frustrated by this mishap and was very stern with Draco, Blaze, Crab, and Goyle about this not getting out. They hear later in the Great Hall Harry giving Draco a public hard time for sitting with the But but Granger, what would your parents say? to tumultuous laughter at the Slytherin table. Draco looked downcast. In divination class, Harry's death is predicted. Harry laughs it off. The Care of Magical Creatures class, where we meet Buckbeak, happens largely the same way, with Hermione replacing Harry in the scene, and Harry pushing Draco to confront Buckbeak and get Hagrid fired. This starts a rift between Hermione and Draco on their early friendship, because Draco knows Ron and Hermione are friends with Hagrid. They have the famous Fence Against the Dark Art lesson with Lupin on Boggarts. Draco whispers a joke to Harry, and Harry announces a joke to the whole class. This class is ridiculous. And everyone breaks up in laughter. They expect Lupin to be appalled by this, but Lupin laughs and exclaims, Very cheeky, Mr. Potter, but I expect you to be respectful to my teaching. Five points from Slytherin. At the same time, for these dark creatures, we need exactly what Mr. Potter brought to the class. Laughter. The rest of the scene plays out the same. Hermione is weighed down by time traveling and classes. On the first Hogsmeade weekend, Hermione, Ron, and the Weasley twins overhear Snape and Harry discussing with heated words why Harry couldn't go to Hogsmeade, Harry having the heated words. Snape calmly lets Harry know, We can't give preference to students that don't have permission forms signed, even if they are the boy who lived. If your Petunia and her husband wouldn't sign your form, you can't go. The group doesn't understand why Snape always takes it out on Harry, and Ron points out, Oi! Why does Professor Snape know Harry's aunt's first name? Fred and George have an idea to help Harry that they don't share. Ron keeps making strange excuses to, quote-unquote, study alone or hang out with Neville and Seamus, the latter being really strange because it wasn't always true. Hermione felt that Ron was hiding something from her. In the middle of the night, Sirius breaks in with a knife over Ron's head. Hermione and Ron don't understand why this could possibly be happening. Why did Sirius want to do with Ron? The first Quidditch match of the year, Hermione, Ron, and Leanne watched Slytherin play Hufflepuff. Draco played Chaser pretty well, surprising them as they know Draco always wanted to play Seeker. The game goes the same as before with Dementor swarming the stadium and Harry falling off his broomstick. Later on in the winter, Hermione and Ron hears very Harry's voice on the outskirts of Hogsmeade. I can't believe this! No, I won't calm down, Blaze! Confused by this, as Harry can't be in Hogsmeade, 
They investigated and hid behind trees as they heard Draco, Blaze, and Harry's voices, but Harry was nowhere to be seen. He was their friend! I hope he comes to this castle again. This time, I'm going to be ready. And this time, I'm going to kill him! From then on, Hermione and Ron started investigating what really was going on. But speculation could only go so far without Draco. As much as she was frustrated with with Draco and as much as what he was doing to Hagrid's reputation, it was the only way to get to the bottom of what was going on. Would Harry really kill someone? Who? This is the part where Ron says he has to tell Hermione something. He takes her down to the Quidditch pitch on afternoons where he was usually studying, quote-unquote. The truth was he was meeting up with Draco to practice Quidditch, as they both were learning positions they didn't ultimately want to play. Draco wanting to be seeker, Ron preferring Keeper. Draco fills in the gaps of Sirius and Harry's connections. Snape and McGonagall approached Harry earlier in the year to tell him of the danger he was in, and then Harry snuck in to overhear Fudge and McGonagall's conversation in the Three Broomsticks. They assumed that Sirius must have assumed Harry was in Gryffindor like his father. Hermione punches Harry for taunting her. Leanne, Ron, and Hermione make many efforts, but Buckbeak's execution is set. Hermione and Ron go down to comfort Hagrid, and they leave as Dumbledore, Fudge, and McNair approach Hagrid's hut. They sneak around and back up the hill where they overhear McNair's swing. They see Harry and Draco watching behind a rock nearby. Hermione runs after them, accusing them, before she she gets on a roll, a great black dog and Crookshanks appear. The dog tackles Ron and drags him under the Whomping Willow. Harry exclaims, That dog! I've seen it before! Harry and Hermione chase after them. The scene plays out similar to the original, but Harry is much more on the offensive. Hermione disarms Harry, wanting to hear out the truth in the Shrieking Shack. Lupin and Sirius bear through telling the story, with more difficulty this time with Harry's rage. Snape shows up on a tip from Draco. Harry rips his wand back from Hermione and disarms Snape. Prove it then. Prove this ridiculous story, Professor, before I attack both of you. Peter Pettigrew is revealed. Harry is in on killing him, but Hermione stops Peter's murder with much the same logic as Harry had in the original version. In the tunnel, Harry surprises Hermione by apologizing to Sirius. Sirius and Harry bond about their desire for good to be done. Sirius tells Harry, You know... I don't think anyone quite understands your situation like I do. Growing up with a family in one house and going to the other. Ultimately, we give Snivellus a hard time, but Slytherins and Gryffindors aren't so different. And Sirius looks back and shares a smile with Hermione. Hermione notes just how different Sirius is from how he's portrayed in the papers, and she believes the truth of his crazy story. Unfortunately, we all know the dates are the same in this universe, so it's still full moon, and Lupin forgot his potion again. Dumbledore gives Harry the idea, Hermione the idea of the time-turner. Ron's leg is still broken. The only change is Harry's really annoyed and complains about Hermione's insisting on going and saving Buckbeak, because Harry doesn't care about Buckbeak. Harry still fires off the Patronus, telling Hermione cockily, Private lessons from Lupin. Harry's opinion changes to Buckbeak once they fly, and runs to save Sirius. Once they return to the hospital wing, Harry says, Well, see you around, Granger. And leaves for Slytherin House. Hermione was baffled. She could be frustrated, but she thinks not being mudblood Granger 
is quite a win from the great Harry Potter. And that wraps Hermione Granger and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. Mm-hmm. One, yeah. I'd just like to say how great David did with yes. Harry's, with capital Harry's in this. Caps Lock Harry. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I gave you Harry, David, because I was like, these are lines from the original. Like, he'll be, he'll know how to hit him yeah. just right. Also, I think it's I... great that David smiles after he delivers every line. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyways. This is like, it, it's a, it's a fun dream, you know? Yeah. I, I, I want to be somebody who gets to be a character, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, on an audiobook version of some Star Wars book. Like that's that that would be a dream come true. So I'm I'm taking full advantage of it. Yeah. What I like about this book specifically is the development of even the perceptions of Slytherin in mm-hmm. and I don't know if this was intentional by you. If it was, kudos. Um because Slytherin in this telling of the story cannot be seen in as a negative light as JK's version is. Um, so the far, fact that yes. Draco and Ron are working together and the fact that, you know, even Sirius says, uh, like, he's just like, you know, Gryffindors and Slytherins are, are, are not so different. Um, just beautifully done and executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I appreciate that. I won't say it was my overarching goal, but there was certain scenes and certain characters like it had to give Slytherin a little more Mm -hmm. good light. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I feel like this version of this book definitely makes you think a lot more about the house stereotypes Mm -hmm. that we're so used to seeing. And I don't know. I like seeing... Like, I'm a fan of a slightly nicer Draco, you know? <clears throat> oh, man. Like, we're we not talked ready about for this that, next one, but... We talked about that deleted scene from the Deathly Hallows where Draco, like, throws Harry a wand. And, mm-hmm. like, even though definitely not fitting with JK's Draco, I still... It makes sense I for, like, for movie Draco. I like that version of Draco that's out there somewhere that you can and sympathize it, with. and that That's Cursed like, Child mm-hmm. Draco. It is. Yeah. 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 And I, I just just took him forty wish years we'd to had get him there. sooner. Yeah. <laughs> wish yes, we had him absolutely. sooner. Definitely. All right. The Goblet of Fire is where it gets most off the rails so far. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm nervous because the, the little This is where the blue lines are coming. Yes. Getting close. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end, I can feel it. Yeah, I was kinda like, oh, I don't actually have any dialogue for Abby until <laughs> the Goblet of Fire. All right. So the Goblet of Fire opens with Hermione traveling to visit Ron before the Quidditch World Cup. Uh, Just before leaving, Hermione writes back to Leanne how it's not what she thinks. It's not a romantic visit. Hermione travels via train to Ottery St. Catchpole, where she's picked up by Ron and Mr. Weasley. They have a pleasant scene walking through this lovely little British town where Mr. Weasley tries to appear normal and friendly, but the muggles still mutter about the weird redheads from the edge of town. This doesn't bother Arthur. At the Quidditch World Cup, Hermione and Ron and Ginny explore. They find Harry there staying with Blaze's family. Harry supporting, supporting Bulgaria, of course. 
in the original, they all supported Ireland, not like the movie. <laughs> the Weasleys still sit in the top box, which is the best box. On, like Lucius Balfoy was just wrong in the movie. Just throwing that out there. <clears throat> Hermione's surprisingly sitting by Draco at Draco's father's dismay. The game goes down the same way, as well as the Death Eater riots. Harry is absent from the Dark Mark casting and Winky scene, but otherwise it's all the same. Bit of a time jump here. We're going to jump to the bit to the introduction of the Goblet of Fire. Ludo Bagman, Barty Crouch Sr., and Dumbledore explain details of the famed Triwizard Tournament they'll be having this year, and Barty Crouch Sr. gives the safety announcement that due to concerns for younger students, you will have to be 14 to enter the tournament. Sadly, this doesn't make the Weasley's twins aging potion scene happen, but the rest of it works out. Cedric enters the goblet to the delight of most students. He's definitely the shoe in just like last time. Victor Crumb enters and he makes eye contact with Hermione like in the movie. Then the time comes to read names. Dumbledore casts out with his hand the large fires lighting the room. Dumbledore catches names as they exit the goblet. Fleur Delacour and Victor Crumb are chosen for their respective schools. Dumbledore catches the next name. The Hogwarts champion, Hermione Granger. Gryffindor erupts into massive celebration. Hermione is shocked because she didn't enter. Ron laughs and encourages her to go. Hermione walks up to Dumbledore and follows to the back door. Downstairs, Victor and Fleur are friendly but quiet with Hermione. Then Harry Potter walks in. Again, Victor and Fleur think he's some kind of messenger boy. <laughs> but Hermione knows Harry would never do that. Your name came out of the goblet, she said. Harry nods, a bit apprehensively, actually. Victor and Fleur get accusatory, but neither of them as much as Dumbledore. Dumbledore flies down the stairs. He grips Harry by the shoulders, and while shaking him with all his might, Dumbledore says, Harry, did you put your name into the goblet of fire? No, sir, I did not. You sure someone else didn't do it for you? No, sir. You're absolutely sure. Yes, sir. The outrage continues. Mad-Eye Moody defends Harry, and that scene concludes. Hermione enters Gryffindor Tower to so much applause. She tries to tell the house that she didn't enter, and she doesn't want to enter. Since Harry Potter's in, she won't have to represent Hogwarts in the tournament. Ron replies, no way. Seamus and Neville jump in, rooting for Hermione. You're the best in all, yeah, Hermione. Don't you think you have the best chance at winning this? With a kick to Slytherin's arse, no less. Hermione is touched by her house's support. Draco, Hermione, and Ron are going on a walk by the lake, and they fill in the gaps of how Harry's name came out of the goblet. Like it was overreacting almost, but Harry sells it out a bit more cockily. Jacob reveals that Harry's still holding on to the lie, even with their dorm mates, because that's all Harry and Draco are at this point. Must have pulled my name out of order, I suppose. I didn't put it in, though. Draco and Ron are trying to sort out why Harry wouldn't put his name in. He'd be a shoo-in for this kind of thing normally. Hermione gets lost in thought on the tournament. Hagrid shows Hermione and Madame Maxine the dragons. Mm -hmm. Hermione having to be a lot more stealthy without an invisibility cloak. Hermione gives Harry the slip about the dragons. What is Hermione going to do against a dragon? Professor McGonagall helps her learn transfiguration magic to do what Cedric did in the original. 
transferring a rock into a dog for the dragon to chase. Hermione grabs the egg, but not without getting singed. She's rushed off to the hospital wing. When Hermione awakens, Ron, Leanne, and Draco are there. Draco and Leanne applaud her bravery and fill in details about the rest. Potter paid Quidditch against a dragon. Figures. They say bye to their friends, and Ron escorts Hermione to Gryffindor Tower to a massive celebration. Egg screeches, you get the deal. In the middle of the breakfast, discussing the Daily Prophet and the disappearance of Bertha Jorkins, Hermione gets a letter from a snowy white owl. Hello, Granger. Would like your help meeting with a particular dog we've both come to adore. He's in need of food and friendship. He lives on the outskirts of Hogsmeade. This weekend, Harry Potter. Hermione tells Ron, against his advice, that Harry's not going to harm her or try to get the upper hand, especially after her covering him in the first task. This is about Sirius. Hermione walks to the end of the road in Hogsmeade after separating with Ron. At first she thinks she's been stood up, but Harry speaks. Granger, I'm here. Harry, you scared me. You've got to be quiet. It's an invisibility cloak. I need you here to greet Sirius. Sirius arrives in his dog form, nods at Hermione. Somehow, he just knows that Harry's there too, and they're off. Along the way, Harry takes the cloak off. Why all the secrecy? You're joking. A scene together. Just think what that Rita Skeeter woman would say. Not to mention, Cho would be pissed. She's already intimidated by you. I'm flattered. You should be. The rest of the scene is the same. Sirius gives a lot of background information. He warns Hermione and Harry to watch their backs. Hermione gets approached by Victor Crumb in the library. She enjoys his company. They go together to the Yule Ball and, well, you get the idea, the fling is still on. The divide with Ron continues in this version. Harry goes with Cho. Leanne is Hermione's only friend during this time. Victor is seen swimming in the lake as he was in the book. Draco figures out that Crumb is taking the egg underwater. In the middle of the night, Draco and Hermione sneak off to the lakeside. Draco's clearly trying to win Hermione back from Crumb. Both in their swimsuits, this is PG-13, kids. They go underwater together to hear the song. When they come up, Draco and Hermione smile at their discovery, almost like they're about to have a romantic moment, but it doesn't happen. Hermione's with Victor. More, she just doesn't know. But her time spent with Draco decreases to pretty much nothing after this. Neville, Seamus, and Leanne help Hermione steal Gillyweed. Harry uses the bobblehead charm. Leanne is at the bottom of the lake for Hermione, Harry's person is Cho, and Victor's is one of his Durmstrang friends. Hermione is the first one to return, her tying Harry for the lead. Victor is in second. The champions are allowed to look at the maze being constructed. Afterwards, Harry stops Hermione. And sorry, David, I forgot to highlight this part of it, but... I think you can follow along. Yeah, I'm, I got this. Right. Cool. <clears throat> Listen, Granger, we need to practice together. Why? Wouldn't that be cheating? No, no, see, I need to teach you the Patronus charm to fight Dementors. The what? I bet a galleon that there's one in there, and I'm not going to let it get you. Sirius needs us. After all... I still owe you for the hint on the dragons. Almost sounds like you're being a friend. Harry laughs. <laughs> yeah, almost. During one of their many training sessions, this time on the grounds, Harry and Hermione find Barty Crouch Sr. Hermione runs to Dumbledore's office, and he's gone again by the time they return. The final task. 
Fleur is struck with the Imperious Curse instead of Victor this time. She attempts a killing curse that narrowly misses Hermione. Victor jumps to protect Hermione and duels Fleur alongside her. Hermione stuns Fleur into the hedge. They examine Fleur, and that's when Victor says, Hermione, her eyes. <laughs> I tried to do it the book did. I don't know how it's pronounced. Victor identifies the Imperious Curse, and he's like, what is going on? And Hermione sends red sparks. They take different paths. Hermione takes on the Sphinx. She sees more red sparks in the air, and she hopes that Victor is okay, and she runs into Harry at the very end. They run for the cup, and Hermione saves Harry from the hedge. They argue over who should have the victory in the cup, with Harry proposing the idea that they grab it at the same time. Still a Hogwarts victory, right? The cup is still a port key, and Harry and Hermione are transported off to the graveyard. Harry yells at Hermione to hide, saying, I've seen this before. Which Hermione does not understand at all. Harry tosses Hermione his invisibility cloak. She watches the events unfold of Voldemort's resurrection. <clears throat> However, when Voldemort recounts his failed attempts at resurrection, he cites the Chamber of Secrets as, I was stopped, once again, by Harry Potter. Even though that wasn't true, Harry Potter wasn't there. Harry and Voldemort still duel and Priory Incantatum happens. Hermione <clears throat> rushes to get close to Harry and try to save him, but Voldemort breaks the spell and yells... And Hermione yells, No! Giving away her position. She leads them on a merry chase for a hot second before circling back to Harry's body, accioing the cup, and flying back. Hermione lands back at Hogwarts with Harry's body, screaming, He's back! He's back! Voldemort's back! Harry Potter is dead. And that is how Hermione Granger and the Goblet of Fire ends. Well. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, this is why you guys weren't allowed to read it. <laughs> I, w- I was like, it's too big of a plot, too big of a spoiler. So like once, once we, once we got to this point, I said, I'm going to stop scrolling until I have to read something. Yes. It, because I was like, I feel like I know what's coming, but it, <laughs> oh man. Oh. And. I didn't say this before, listeners, but this is a part one, part two, and you're just going to have no. to come back next week to hear oh, the rest. Oh, wow. Spencer. That's crazy. You left us hanging. I did. I did. I got goosebumps. And that's where the book ends. Like, mm. there's no rules as to Which, where I can end books and start new books, so. Well, and, and to think of it, when you really think about it, everything else wouldn't make sense Mm -hmm. like everything that would follow after it in the original wouldn't make sense in hermione's case right um i can't say anything i've (laughs) right i've only read that's actually true i've only written most of order of the phoenix but yes yeah man wow spencer i'm excited to see what you do i just killed harry potter man yeah, you yeah see the main character that's the my that's series. my that's the only thing that i'm on the fence about <laughs> i knew that too <laughs> i told david like Which, a long time ago i was like i'm thinking about killing off harry potter and he's like i'm not i don't know how i feel about that and then i was like yeah. well now if i'm gonna do it i need to pull pull it off of our <laughs> group drive so i could get away yeah. with this 
for a little bit. Yeah. I was like, Spencer, are you a Dramini fan? I you know what? I'm just Can appealing to a large fan base, Abby. Can I exactly? <laughs> and this is this is this is it. I wanted Harry to, Potter and I fans. wanted to do it in the best way. You know, I was like, regular Hermione's Draco would never thing. happen. No. Here's here's the thing with me. I've seen that fan art everywhere so much it annoys it annoys the crap out of me and so when i started reading it i was just like spencer what are you doing Mm -hmm. spencer what are you doing (laughs) spencer please stop it um i think it works but it's not it's not you know it it depends i'm not i'm gonna wait until this whole this whole whole thing is done before i say how i feel about it but no, no, it has nothing to do with you, Spencer. It has everything to do with Hermione. With, <laughs> with yes, and killing Harry Potter. Wow. And killing Harry Potter. But next episode should be a whole lot of fun. Yes. So. Once I finish it, I'm a. Yeah. I'm a. Let's just say the writing became a lot more difficult, uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think so. But at the true point, at the same, in the same hand, I feel like, and I'll say this again next week, I guess. But I felt like this series couldn't truly be its own thing with Harry Potter still somewhere in in the middle of the story. Right. Okay, but like, but like, now Spencer, I've got a lot of questions for you that I know you can't answer for me. You could ask them. No, you should ask them because the like, listener. Because I want to know if the <laughs> listeners, the listeners will want to know if they're thinking the same thing you are. Because like. Because like Horcruxes are still a thing. Yep. And like Harry, as is I alluded still a to in this, right? And so like, is mm, Harry ooh, actually Abby. dead? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I can't oh, say anything. I, oh man, we're gonna have to wait. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I hate so that. Horcruxes are still I mean, a thing. Love that too. Uh, Cedric Diggory's still alive. Yeah, Harry might not Ooh, be dead. Good point. Yeah, maybe. Good point. Oh wow, that's mm. awesome. I won't say anything, and none of that is actually yeah. spoilers for next week. I'm just cool. Cool. Asking awesome. rhetorical questions. Anyway, if you have thoughts, uh, good or bad, send them in to us. Uh, <laughs> H Potter underscore fanatics on Instagram. We're also showrequirement at gmail.com, except I never check it. Honesty hour. So I should probably check that. <laughs> and we'll be back next time with What If the Hermione Granger series part two. You because the first it. part of the title is not relevant anymore. Jerk <laughs> <laughs> <Church> move. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's not fine. I'm not fine. (laughs) And for Abby Tooley, David Gonzalez, this is Spencer Price with the show of requirement. Thanks for listening. Mischief Manouge.